Good morning, the set. Bill here. So glad to be with you guys on this Sunday morning. Hey, if you are new and you happen to be watching for the very first time this morning, man, we especially want to welcome you. I wish we could welcome you in person. We want to welcome you. You might have needed a place after the election. You might have needed a place to go and you found this place, Ascent Online. And uh, we're just so glad that you guys are joining us today. You guys, I'm in the auditorium. I decided, I talked to Stuart about it. I said, Stuart, why don't we just film right in the auditorium? I'm gonna get a little fired up today. And this is where I used to get fired up all the time. I love it because I might need to move a little bit. And I'll, I'll, I'll come over here. Well, I gotta stay here because the camera's right here. But you know me, man, I wanna go all over the stage to be able to talk when I start getting passionate about this stuff. And I am, I am passionate about what the Lord has laid on my heart to share with us today. I'm doing something a little bit different, okay? I'm going to be a little vulnerable here. See, see, the, the election happens on Tuesday, it happened on Tuesday, and now it's Sunday for you guys. But I was talking to Stuart and I said, you know what I want to film? I want to film on Monday. I want to film the day before the election because I believe that there's truth that I'm going to be preaching today that actually supersedes anything that happens on, on, election, on election Tuesday. I believe that the truth that we all need to hear actually is, is something that it does not matter who wins that election. We still need to hear this truth. And so I thought, I'm just going to do this on Monday. I don't know what's going to happen because it's coming up tomorrow. You guys are responding to it. I know that for some of you, that if, if Biden wins, I, maybe we don't even know who wins the election by the time you guys listen to this. Maybe there's a civil war that's happening in our country as a result of it all. Who knows? I, but, but if Biden wins and you guys have found that out, I know that there's dancing in the streets. But there are some of you that are saying, yeah, but what about what about the unborn child? What about the, the economy? What about all the shutdowns? Some of you will be saying that and there'll be a lot of fear around that. If Trump wins, I know that there'll be some dancing in the street, but there'll be some that will be saying, how can I do this for another four years? And what about all the division, especially the racial division? What about the systemic stuff that's happening in America? What about the coronavirus? You're, you're, there's those folks that are going to be saying those things if Trump wins, and some of you guys might be saying that too. Well, I still believe in the middle of all of that political unrest that we all feel and is so hard to preach to uh, just after that election, I believe that there's a truth that we can share with you that is really important for all of us to grab hold of. See, what happened for me is I decided to go back. I looked back at first century Palestine. I looked back at the political unrest in first century Palestine. And I'm going, man, if we think we had it bad in 2020, think about how bad it was back in first century Palestine. I'm talking about Herod the Great. I'm talking about a king of, the, of, of Judea that, that, that was so paranoid and so narcissistic about his power that he hears about a, a prediction from centuries before, a prediction of a king of kings that would someday come. And somebody gave him a rumor. Hey, that king of kings, that prediction, that happened in Bethlehem. It just happened. And so what did King Herod do? 
He ordered his men to go kill every kid under the age of two in Bethlehem. Every kid under the age of two. That's why Mary and Joseph fled with Jesus because he went to kill all of those kids. Man, you talk about crazy. He was crazy. And then when he died and, and Herod Antipas comes in, man, he becomes the one that is now overseeing everything. He's the one that killed John the Baptist because his wife told him to, told him to cut off his head and he killed John the Baptist. That's crazy. The leaders were crazy back then, lunatics. Caesar was the, was the, was the emperor of Rome. Caesar was the Roman, the leader of the Roman Empire, and he was looking for every way possible to, to, to acquire more land, to, to lord over people, to have the power over people. The oppression that people felt from the Roman Empire was real. Man, that was the political climate back then when Jesus was there. But look, you guys, I kept looking through it. Jesus rarely, if ever, even spoke to the political climate. He didn't talk about these political leaders. The only thing I could find that he talked about about Caesar was he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar. There's laws of the land that we've got to follow. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. So he spoke to that about Caesar, but you didn't hear him say, I have a message for you, but we're going to have to filter it through this political landscape that we're in. He didn't say that. The only thing he said to Herod, you guys, is he said, he, they were saying, Herod Antipas is gonna, it wants to come and kill you. And he says, go and tell that fox for me. He says this in Luke 13, 32. He says, go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Man, Jesus talking about something far more powerful, far more important for every one of us then who is the leader of our country? He's talking about something that goes beyond that. In fact, in Mark 10, it says, you know that rulers are all around us and throwing their power around, lording over us, but that's not the way we're going to live, Jesus says. That's not the way we're going to live. No, we're going to live to something stronger. We're going to live to something greater. And we're going to find our joy and our love and our peace from something greater than our political leaders that are right in front of us. What gave him that confidence? What gave him that courage? I just love Michelle Obama. What she said was politics force us to fear. Politics force us to fear. But here comes Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm going to introduce something to you where you don't have to fear. I'm going to introduce the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to introduce to you the king of kings. And he said, this kingdom, no one can stop it. This kingdom, even the gates of hell won't be able to stop it. If you're looking for joy, you're going to find it in this kingdom. If you're looking for peace, you're going to find it from this king. If you're looking for love, you're going to find it in this place. See, Jesus told us about him, the King of Kings. And you guys, for me, the day before the election, and for you five days after, we need to be reassured of a King of Kings that goes far beyond any results to an election that we live our life for. You guys, 
Let's look at that today. That's what I'm going to look at. We're going to worship the Lord and then we're going to spend some time digging further into the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Father, we pray this morning that you bless us and that you, you help us in the midst of, our, of all of the questions and all of the things that we're thinking about right now. The political world is, is right in front of us. God, break through that and speak to us of eternal things. Speak to us of you and your presence. God, give us love and peace and joy because of your kingdom, because you are the King of Kings. God, we give this to you this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, Ascent, it is so good to gather again together. And we want to invite you to enter into this time where we are going to worship. We're going to raise our voices together. So would you join us? Here we go. Mountains are still being moved. And strongholds are still being loosed. And God, we believe, yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do, yes. And bodies are still being raised. And giants are still being slain. God, we believe, yes, we can see and wonders are still what you do, yes. We are here for you. Come and do what you do, yes. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. Set our hearts, set our
I don't know about you, but it is always awesome to start off a morning singing about the move of God. Hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Maurice. I'm one of the teaching pastors here on staff. If you haven't been around here, I gotta fill you in on what this whole sign behind me means. It is Christmas shop time. Yes, that's right, Christmas shop. For those of you who have been here, you know that Christmas shop is when we go all out. Now here's the thing, I can say a lot of things about the Christmas shop, but I'd rather show you. So take a look at this video to see how we do it here at Ascent when it comes to the Christmas shop. time of year it's Christmas time there's something in the air there's a little bit of heaven everywhere Wow, check that video out. Yes, that's exactly what it looks like and it's probably even more that's happening this year. I had to write it down because I forgot exactly what all that we did. Last year, the Christmas shop, check this out, 1,600 people, we got to bless 1,600 people that walked through these doors who were in need of gifts during Christmas time. 7,000 gifts. You guys gave 7,000 gifts. And as a church, we rallied together and were able to do that as a unit. 1,600 people, 7,000 gifts because of you. That's a massive, massive effort on your part. And guess what? This year is the same thing. We know that there's a very unusual times that we're in, but we do anticipate that there's gonna be some people that are still in need of a Christmas. And we are wondering and we're partnering, we're asking you to think about what that looks like to be a part of this. Because you guys know, if, you, if you've been here before during Christmas shop time, you understand when we open up these doors and we got this whole entranceway filled with Christmas stuff and you walk a little bit further and you see the shelves and they're filled and then some are empty and toys are rolling over. And then after service, we tell you to go to Safeway, just pick up one gift. Go and go over there right next door, it's super convenient and this year we understand because of the times that we're living in it's a little bit different but the need is still the same and so we're asking you to put it on your calendar put it a reminder on your phone next Thursday next Tuesday whatever day that you're available pick up a gift for a cent 
so that you can bring it on by and be a part of the Christmas shop. It is starting now. If you're watching this, it's already started and it's time for you to be a part because it is Christmas shop and it is the season of being in the season of giving. So won't you consider being a part of that? All right, Ascent, before we get back to the service, not only do we want you to be a part of all that's taking place with the Christmas shop and blessing this community and blessing those who are in need of a Christmas and blessing those who are in need, period. But we also hope that you pray and consider partnering with Ascent financially, whether that's starting or continuing to do so. We know that during this time of the year, people are looking to be a little bit more generous and wondering where their financial efforts are gonna to go towards. We hope and pray that you think about Ascent during this time. The ways that you can do that is gonna be right on your screen and we hope that you join us in that. Let's get back to this service with Bill because I believe his message is exactly what we need during this time. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? you of little faith. Therefore do not worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. All right, look, I know what you guys are saying. I know what you're saying. You're saying, Bill, come on. Are you, really, it's gonna be about just don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Really? That's easy for you to say the day before the election, but what about where we're at right now? I, I know that there are tons of you guys that that's, that's where you're, you're, you're just going, geez, really? Don't worry about tomorrow. But you guys, one, I gotta tell you, these aren't my words. These are Jesus' words, okay? This is, this is the word of God that's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. So we probably should listen to that. But we also gotta think about the fact that Jesus was not naive. Jesus was not saying, don't worry to all these people, to these disciples, and he's talking about don't worry. He's not saying that going, oh, there's a political unrest that's going on right now. Oh, you guys are worried about Caesar and Herod and all of the, all, all the political stuff that's happening. Man, we know the disciples could have easily interrupted Jesus. They could have just gone, Jesus, come on. You don't understand. You don't understand that, that, that we feel super oppressed by the Roman Empire. We don't have health insurance. We don't have homeowners insurance. We don't have a retirement plan. We don't have social security. We got all kinds of reasons to be worried and you're telling us not to worry. And Jesus is actually saying, yes, I'm telling you, don't worry. Well, how is he able to say that? Well, we got to look at it within its context. See, where it's easy for us to throw out that don't worry. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition. Let your request be known to God. And don't worry about tomorrow. But let's look at it within the context because Jesus has a reason why he's saying don't worry. See, the context that he's writing from is, is from the Sermon on the Mount. 
The Sermon on the Mount was, it, it was, this, was this, this sermon that he gave to thousands of people right at the shores of the Sea of Galilee in a natural amphitheater where his voice projected to all of those folks and he started talking to them. Now, now we will never find in Scripture a better place where, where our humanity and God's love come face to face. We're not going to find another place in Scripture where our humanness and our brokenness and our things that we tend to do and God's love come together, come face to face than on the Sermon on the Mount. But the primary point of the Sermon on the Mount is the kingdom of God is at hand. See, Matthew writes about the kingdom of God. He's, he's basically sharing about the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is sharing 32 times in the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 4, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of heaven. Now listen, the disciples and us, I think most of us can put our, or can wrap our arms around the idea of the kingdom of heaven, that God is in heaven and God is the, ki is the king of, of the kingdom of heaven. If there's a kingdom, you need a king. If there, you need a king, you need rule and authority. And we can all look at it and say, yes, God is the king of heaven. And I know that that's where everything that God truly laid out for us, when he made us in his image, he's going, this is what I ultimately had, the plan of heaven, the plan where there'd be no more pain, the plan where there'd be no more hurt, the plan that we'd, there would be, that we'd be filled with joy, the kingdom of heaven, that's the goal, that's what I want. And we can wrap our head around the kingdom of heaven. And so when Jesus starts to talk and he's bringing our humanity and his love together and they're still not fully grabbing it, he, he shares something with us that is 